The Meet for TCAS is brought to you in part by SoneLab, a recording studio in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Offering recording, mixing, and mastering of all styles of music, we even master podcasts. Email info at sonelab.com for more information. That's info at sonelab.com. That's the record button. Have we started? We have started. So, this is the Meet for TCAST. You might always start like that. Who knows? I'm Elizabeth McDuffie, founding editor of Meet for Tea, the Valley Review, and this is... I'm Mark Allen Miller, sidekick and uh, co-conspirator in Meet for Tea. Yeah, and I'm graphic designer and web guy and um, the host of the Cirques and a whole bunch of stuff. The hats, there are many. Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode 10. Episode X, if you're Apple. Which I'm not. Or Roman, I suppose. Apple, that's um Gwyneth Paltrow's kid. Oh. That's what she named her kid. Apple Paltrow. That sounds like, like some sort of obscure recipe. Sounds like some therapy in the future to me. But anyway, we'll I, leave that to Gwyneth. I've heard worse. I mean, moon unit. and look- Vaginal steaming. Don't get me started on Gwyneth. Okay, fair enough. Moving on. <laughs> this episode is not about vaginal steaming, which also is not a cure for the coronavirus. So anyway, <laughs> tonight we have some illustrious guests. We have... Josh Sahosa and Jason Montgomery. Josh Sahosa has Black Labyrinth Tattoo Studio. And Jason Montgomery runs Attack Bear Press and also collaborates with No No Project on a number of things. And he's also the cover artist for the Episote issue of Meat for Tea, which came out March 7th. If you haven't seen it, you've been missing out. Beautiful cover. So we have them in conversation. This is a uh, intranet VoIP recording. So what is coming up, the audio quality may be, you know, less than up to our normal standards, but that's not what matters. What matters is the conversation. We had a lovely conversation with them talking about... The Purple Flame East Hampton Business Mutual Aid Group Association Mutual Aid Fund. This was something that Josh thought of and then Jason got on board with. And they have decided that all of us small business owners, many of whom are artists, artisans, musicians, magazine editors, all of us live, I think my husband put it well in the podcast, shoulder to shoulder, we're mutually interdependent. And a lot of us have been adversely affected by coronavirus. And we'll continue probably to be much more adversely affected. We don't even know what's coming on, but that's part of our conversation with them that you'll be hearing momentarily is discussing these kinds of things. They're trying to raise a princely sum of $30,000, which they will distribute between, I believe there's 27 businesses in the Purple Flame 
group right now to just help us keep on keeping on, keep on making our art, keep on bringing what we do to our local culture. Yeah, I, I recommend highly, please listen to this conversation. There's a lot of interesting stuff that we're talking about. And I think that this also applies to every community in the country. What they're doing is probably what's probably being done in other communities, but I think it should be being done in other communities too. So this is important stuff for pretty much all of us as, as American citizens and global citizens, because this is affecting all of us folks. So aside from what we're about to say is here comes our conversation. We also have Jason Montgomery reading from his new chat book. Super. So stay tuned for that. Now bear in mind the audio quality of the conversation to follow is due in, well, at this point, not even large part, it is due to social distancing. Social distancing. We we actually all live within miles of each other at, at the most, but we were in our respective houses and that is what everyone should be doing right now. So flatten the curve and enjoy. And email us your favorite hand-washing songs at meetforteacast at gmail.com. We want to know. I like that. Let's, let's, uh, let's figure out a way to feature that. Maybe we'll do, we'll do some sort of thing. So here's our conversation. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi. Glad to have everyone here. So welcome to the Meet for Tea cast. Josh. Hi there. Thanks for having me. We're happy to have you. So we've got Josh Sahoza and Jason Montgomery. Hello. Um, who started the Purple Flame East Hampton Business Mutual Aid Group. And it's my understanding this is this goes beyond East Hampton. Um, I I think that it's still currently East Hampton. Oh, okay. For for some reason, I I, I guess I just got really ambitious and thought there was a Northampton branch and an Amherst branch, and it's just this ever expanding thing. Well, I mean, that was one of the first ideas, you know, that if it worked, then like other places would be able to contact us and. You know, try to get a little advice on how we started and hopefully it would work for them too. I believe I'm talking to somebody on Monday from Belchertown to try to start something similar. Yeah, very cool. I mean, it's the kind of thing where I think artist communities and, and creative communities and local business, local business communities specifically, you know, people looking after each other is, well, I mean, we're entering uncharted territory here, and it seems to me like a good proactive step as we, at least as the United States is entering the really the beginning phases of of this. Where a lot of con- other countries have already passed. Oh, for the listeners, we're talking about obviously COVID nineteen and the coronavirus and how that's affecting businesses and economies and individuals all throughout the country. But specifically, we're talking about with Josh and Jason uh, about our community here in East Hampton. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious, well, aside from what the inspiration was, is pretty obvious, you know, Hey, we're all going to need help here. How did you come about formulating the approach? Yeah. I mean, so basically, you know, 
I mean, we look at the date today. What is it? It's the 27th. We closed our business on March 13th, March 14th. And, you know, this is two weeks later and nothing had been going on. You know, we're just sitting around waiting. So, so really just got tired of, of waiting. And it was only like a week at the time when I was, was tired of that. So I'm like, yo, we should start something. And, you know, just like, you know, look, look around town and like all these other businesses are in the same position that I am. And I'm just, you know, I grew up in like, you know, playing music and like punk bands with a different sort of community aspect and just thought that like, you know, this would just maybe be more helpful if we all just went at it together. Yeah. I love it. And so the first thing I did was message Jason because I, I, you know, just from knowing Jason for these past couple of years, I'm like, he um, cares about people. And if anyone was going to be able to, to help or give advice, it was going to be Jason. And he was just like, all right, well, let's do this. And just took off with us. Yeah. And I really appreciate like Josh's sense of like, we're going to go and just get this started. And I think um, it's funny when you, when you talked about how nothing was happening, I actually had a conversation this morning with a representative from mass development. And um, we had this conversation specifically about the purple flame and if they could provide, you know, aid and how that would look. And, and we got to this point in the conversation where we're talking about this municipal agency and the realization that Josh, your effort and your, and the, and the footwork of creating this is more than some municipal agencies have done. And it's been weeks of us of doing this. So impressive. You know, I'm not going to, you know, talk any trash or throw any names out there, but I've, you know, I've sent our, our campaign and our, our ideas to, to some places, you know, that just, they won't even share it. They're just like, good luck. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, really? Well, I, I think the name helps. You're, you're literally fire. Oh, yeah. And my favorite color is purple. So. I wonder if, if the possibility that some people are reluctant to share it just for fear of being seen as aligning themselves with one group and by doing so alienating other groups that they haven't perhaps um, – given a shout out to and uh, you know and for fear of not not um being perceived as is it's it's weird that you say that um there is this kind of i guess we're we're coming like face to face with kind of the the competitive nature of like capitalism in its like kind of rawest form where we're talking about trying to assist people and trying to assist like individuals specifically small businesses who you know the small businesses aren't aren't these face aren't faceless corporations they are you know your neighbors people. your friends people and i've i had a very similar conversation and like like I, josh said i'm not going to try to throw any shade but with a group that is providing aid and they basically were like well it's better for us if multiple people are trying to to essentially like reach these goals that are unattainable because we don't have the aid to aid to to essentially help everyone and it's like well wait a minute like everyone needs your help and if you're saying you would rather see people pitted against each other and some of them fail and so they don't get your 
community match. Like it's it's crazy. It's 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 just not. It doesn't make any sense. It is. Yeah. It's, it's just that that is the model of capitalism and the way it's just really been kind of a malfunctioning thing, especially for artists. Yeah. I think it's crazy to me too because you know what you just said, Jason, about goals being un- unobtainable. I don't. I don't particularly think any goal is unobtainable yeah you know when people work together you know you get so much more done i totally agree with you absolutely totally agree with you that's one of the things that i really find beautiful about this and and kind of the outpouring of people in the um, community and the businesses themselves i mean i think what is it 26 27 different businesses now have all come together to try to you know generate funds to support each other that's yeah there might be one more too because i added one uh earlier today also oh wow. Oh, cool um, evolve fine art printing is nice oh i know rob rob nice. is awesome yeah he is awesome he does all my he does all my printing for any like fine art that i was selling oh nice that's yeah. that's also handy to know yeah yeah it's it's a really tough situation because in some weird ways we are all, you know, within the same business community, even though our businesses are not necessarily competing with each other, we're all at this point trying to get money out of, of of the public to keep ourselves living. And the public themselves are also doing that as well. Everybody's in the same boat where, you know, I, my clients are like, I would love to do this session with you over the internet, but I fear that I'm not going to have enough money to pay you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunately in a position where I already do a fair amount of my work with people sending files to the studio Mm -hmm. for me to mix or master, which is a great position to be in because the infrastructure for me is already proven. I can do this. I do it all the time. It's, 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 you know, a a quarter, a third, maybe even a half of what I do now is based on sending files back and forth over the internet. So that that is not a big paradigm shift for the studio. The paradigm shift for the studio is, A, we have no in-person sessions. So there's a huge amount of, of the kind of work that we Album do. Album projects out the window. Yeah, any sort of tracking sessions. Um, you know, Justin, my partner, he's he had a bunch of stuff scheduled for the next three weeks, like recording albums. And those are, those are not happening for now. So he's also looking to the internet mixing work, but all of the people who we work for are also in this boat of like, and now they're trying to pay the bills. Um, so for sure. I mean, you also look at, look at all the bands that you would be recording for, yeah. you know, yeah, right? every tour has been canceled. Like yeah. the gig workers, the stage hands, the like, the people that run the lights, the people that run the soundboards, like oh, God, people that just like, yeah. yeah. How, many, how many people who are in bands who are also like in the food service industry, okay. you know, there's a lot. So yeah. it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's all the way down the, it's all the way down the pipe. And I don't think we've it even is. really seen how far this is going to extend. I mean, we're, it's unprecedented mm-hmm. last week. We saw in a single day more people unemployed than at any other time in U.S. history. I mean, larger than the Great Depression, larger than the Great Recession. And like like Mark said, we're just kind of getting started. And yeah, I think those numbers we had one in one day unemployment filings 
that were as much as the worst month of the 2008-2009 recession. That's right. It's shocking. I, I'm curious. I, I'd like you to talk about the name a little bit. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying not to laugh because the name we there was a conversation that well I'll, I'll let Josh talk about it. Uh, the the name you know come came like a, a while ago and um, it was actually something that me and one of my coworkers who goes by the name Deadleg, um, he's a fantastic tattooer and also has been nice. you know just give him a shout out right now because he has been putting out art over the last week and and donating percentages of every original piece that he sells. Holy crap. That's amazing. Uh, Which has has been great. So we we came up with the name a while ago because basically we work, you know, we primarily work on a lot of large scale projects and we have a lot of like repeat clients and there's just, you know, certain things that we're just like fascinated with. Like, um, certain like weird podcasts about like esoteric things and like the occult, like it's just, you know, certain things that interest us, like just to listen to. And, um, you know, at first we thought it would be cool to do, uh, just some sort of like (laughs) little, little secret group for all of our clients, you know, that we would have like cool little private parties and everything. Oh, sure. Call it the purple flame. Um, just cause it sounded, you know, it, it sounded cool. Yeah, it, right. it is. You know, in our studio, everything's all purple. <laughs> but you know, when 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 something like this happens, you know, um, it kind of like ignites something inside of you, much like a flame. Mm-hmm. Love it. So the so the name was there, and it was like, well, you know, this was for you know, we wanted to to make this group for people that we were close to, and then you see that. Um, you know, like a pandemic that happens and you just kind of realize you're close to everyone. There's a lot of interconnectivity that you become aware of in this arts community, especially. Yeah. And even like bigger than the, the arts community, you know, like, um, you know, I, I look at everybody on this list, you know, like we did an art show at Sauna Lab for Meat for Tea. We have um, had poetry vending machines in our studio for attack bear press we had a fundraiser at the studio a couple years ago for the survivor arts collective and most of these businesses on here had had donated um raffle prizes or not raffles i'm sorry um door prizes to the cause you know my family we go and uh get ice cream at mount tom like these you know, these aren't just like small businesses. They're like all of our neighbors, you know, you know, we interact with each other all of the time. Yes. Friends and neighbors. Absolutely. That's how I feel actually when I'm not doing it this cycle, but normally I go out and pound the pavement and go door to door to all my local business owners and like, Hey, yep. would you want to advertise? And at, you've seen me, Josh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> want to advertise in this issue. Yeah. I think I know. We had, um, I know we advertised right as we opened. You certainly did. And I appreciate everyone that manages to do it at all. We will get back to that. I promise you. No pressure. Well, yeah, I hope we all get back to that. Things position. have gone a little sideways. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> well, that, Hold on. That's why we're having this conversation. 
yeah. And it's like they say, it's it, it's Main Street that that supports its communities. I mean, it's not it's not Walmart that is sponsoring a little league team. It's never been that way. It's you never. know, it is your friends and neighbors. It is the Main Street businesses that that really keep a community alive. And I mean, definitely. You know, like Josh. You know, you as you were listing off all of these businesses and how you know you're, you're connected to them, like you know, it. I, I know I've said this before, but your space is more than just the service that it provides to its customers. It it is the connection between all of these different businesses, and it's it's one of the reasons it's so vital to our community, and that we should be trying during this time to make sure that it stays. These are. These are are more than just economic like incentives. There's cultural incentives. It's really it builds the community that I think we all want to live in. And yes. yeah, absolutely. It's one of the things that was when again when I was talking to the, the folks from Mass Development when we talked about the potential of 27 businesses going under. You know, it was staggering in that moment to realize what that would mean for this town, not just economically, but but what that would really mean for making it the community that, you know, six years ago I moved into and fell in love with. I mean, like you said, can you imagine a, an East Hampton without Mount Tom's or without like Luthier's oh co-op? Or I mean, it it's not the same place. Absolutely. Yeah. You also got to think there too, you know, there, this is just 27 businesses that have... Yeah emailed us or yep. messaged us there's plenty more businesses but you lose 27 businesses in a small town yeah then there's going to be 27 mm-hmm. more you know there's a whole yep. bunch of restaurants that just opened up in this city and if there's yes. 27 27 storefronts close yeah. no one's going to be moving in anytime soon so all those other businesses are going to are going to hurt too you know, it's just uh, what's the the word for it? Is a sim- a domino simic- effect? Well, literally, I was, I was looking in the opposite direction, but yeah, it, w- it would be a domino effect. But it's, it's it's a symbiotic thing. I think also another important thing to note about all that is that you know we keep saying we keep saying businesses and small businesses, but essentially most of these are even smaller. You know, these are yeah. micro businesses with like ten employees yeah. or less. Like these aren't these aren't corporations yep. or businesses these are just families you know meat for tea is 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 two people is right now <laughs> and and Sone lab is yep. two people um yeah Sone lab is is mm-hmm. justin pizzaferrato and myself and that's uh, you know we're the partnership that runs that there's a few other engineers who who you know will freelance at our place but it's he and, yep. it's he and i and so that's and you know this is our main you yeah. know our main gig but to talk about the symbiotic relationship of it is like we have clients – well, when we have clients coming in from out of town, which we do, and quite often you know, from out of town, like far enough away that they're, they're staying at local hotels or bed and breakfasts, and they're yeah. eating at local restaurants, and they're shopping at local stores while mm-hmm. they're here. Can I piggyback on that? Absolutely. Like the Cirques, for instance, mm-hmm. yep. oftentimes either bring in bands from out of town – or people, audience members from out of town, or both, all of whom then go out and put money into the local economy, eating out, finding places to stay. Oh, for sure. So on. Yeah. Hitting up the dispensary. Hitting up <laughs> the, oh, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's an attraction, to or, be sure. Not now. 
No, well, not currently. Medical only, but that's okay. Not in the age of Corona. Yeah. And on Monday, you know, I had I had to um, contact. I've been contacting all of our clients for the week on Mondays. Um, so the last two Mondays, I've made forty to forty-five phone calls each that. day, and that's just for the week. And these are all people coming to town. You know, a lot of our clients travel in to get tattooed. They come in, they get coffee, they stay, they get lunch, yes. they go out to dinner, they drive back to where they're coming from. So, you know, that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner that they're looking for in East Hampton if they're not staying here. So that's the thing is like the Black Labyrinth, Stone Lab, Attack Bear Press, many businesses are small but responsible for feeding into the local economy in such ways if they cease to survive, the local economy would in turn suffer. We're all shoulder to shoulder is what it is, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Jason and Attack Bear Press, they hold 13 events at the same time. Yeah. I mean, we we are lucky enough that I that because of what we do, you know, I think we'll be able to weather the storm a little easier than than other folks. And, you know, Alex and I are both blessed that, you know, our other jobs can support what we do with Attack Bear Press. But if there's not, and, and it, I hate to say this, but if there's not a local, like, community that can support the events that we are doing here, then we don't do them here. Yeah. I mean, and, oh, yeah. you know, it's... And I feel that. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of shocking to think about what will happen if we don't get some community aid coming down, like what this will really mean for our town and everything that's been built over the course of like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for sure. I mean, you look like uh, two months ago, East Hampton just relaunched art walk for Friday nights. Every single venue is, you know, currently not open. You know, when, you know, if, if none of these, these locations are able to reopen, what does yeah. that do for like an yeah. art walk? It, it's kind of, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people going online and, you know, streaming stuff. It's actually an, kind of an amazing yeah. little revolution that's happening. There's, there was at one point the other night where there was three different people that I was aware of that I wanted to watch their stream at the same time the live stream. I mean, obviously a lot mm -hmm. of these get saved and you can go back and get them, but the amount of, of, of content being thrown up online of people like entertaining from their homes is kind of a remarkable thing to fill this, this void, but it's not the same thing as art walk. No. And it's, it's actually, it's funny that you mention it because I, I personally am worried that like when this is all said and done, we're not going to see the same kind of, the same kind of crowds at things that we're used to seeing. I mean, it's, you know, there is a lot of great content being generated, but at least for attack bear press, one of our like founding like philosophies is that we want to connect in person with people at low cost or no cost events and really expand, expand people's connection to art that they may not already have one of the things that like I think it's a blessing and a curse is that we're so many people are able to self curate now that we're losing we're kind of losing outside interest. I mean, you know, when when you control all of your own content, you're not you're not ever really surprised. Like, you know, I I know at mm -hmm. least for me, like as I'm kind of flipping through stuff. You know, I end up falling back on the same kind of five or six things that I I know will 
will satisfy satisfy me and it's it's just not the same as going out and you know some of the, and being some of, yeah. being surprised being surprised yeah. yeah that's that's well that's one of the things that we we've been trying to do for for years with the meat for tea cirques too is you know yeah. if you come to one you're going to see music there's going to be art on exhibit there's going to be some spoken word probably some short films but there might be something you don't expect yeah. you might you might not have heard of the bands and of course getting people to stick around for things that they haven't heard of is tricky enough. Um, it, yeah, it's a bit of a double edged sword, but that's, I think that's a lot of what we've seen with the democratization of, of media in general is that, you know, anybody, I'll just use my own industry, for example, anybody can put a record out into the world and have it on Spotify within 24 hours of them releasing it. Anybody can, and what what happens, of course, is there's this huge, mm -hmm. this huge signal to noise ratio thing where there's so much content and no filters or few filters or difficult filters to find the things that that will enrich you. So the element of surprise is is, for example, a random playlist. Again, speaking of my industry, a random playlist that that goes well. If you like this, you might like that. If you take a chance on that, you might get surprised. But I think the best surprises are like what Jason says, you go out and experience, you know, go to an experience of some kind and just have things thrown at you that you were not expecting at all, where there's not even that, that like sort of self curated um, preemption of what the content's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, prior to tattooing and everything like my my life was always pretty heavy into like music and all that and just what you were saying just kind of like reminded me even when i was like young you know finding yeah. a new band like mm -hmm, yeah you had to find it <laughs> like yeah the listening posts that were in the record stores oh yeah i would spend hours there yeah because like dude i didn't have 12 bucks to buy one song like i had to make sure that album was solid yeah, yeah. and i and i of course i'm such a music junkie that i I would spend the 12 bucks if there was one song I knew on it that I just loved because I would hope, just hope that the rest of the record was at least satisfying enough that I don't, well, you know, wasn't completely bummed. And sure, I got burned a few times, but, you know, it was, it was part of the gamble back. I mean, we're talking back, you know, going into the late 70s, early 80s when I, I started having any sort of money to spend on music. And, I, you know, I would, in fact, there were no listening stations back then. You if you, you, you either bought the single or you bought the album. And if you bought the album, you, you rolled the dice <clears throat> or you had friends who you could hear it from yeah. first, but that, you know, Oh, the friend, the friend making mm -hmm. you the new music mixtape was an amazing thing. I mean, where you would mm -hmm. get that, that surprise mix of things. And I, I, you know, I grew up in, in Southern California. My family moved up to, to East Los Angeles. Um, when, when I was, about seven or eight and there it that idea of like going out into a community and like the first time i saw sublime play was i was walking by a skate shop in in long beach and was like what is this piece of garbage that's happening here but it was this beautiful moment of catching this really rough and ready band. And then later, like years later, they, they became something. And I'm worried we're going to lose those kind of moments if we don't, if we don't make sure we bounce back from it. And yeah. I don't know, like it, it scares me. Like it scares me to look at what's coming and not know, like 
when when we'll be able to kind of go out and and be there for our community and perform for our communities and like engage our communities again yeah uh, so there's also this part of me that that thinks that like you know what if people go out more when this is all over and they start to appreciate the things that they may have taken for granted so now you go to mm. see a local show and instead of like 15 or 20 of the band's friends there uh the place is packed yeah it it, it could happen that way it's true the the thing that i think jason touched on earlier i think it was jason um was yes. that you know when when this is all sort of settling back down is will people go out again and will they go out again in the same numbers mm -hmm. and that is the that is the fifteen dollar question. I'm not even going to put twenty five thousand dollars on that. It's the fifteen dollar question, um, because it, I think eventually, eventually, people will will become comfortable in being being in close quarters with each other. But I do believe that we're going to really see ourselves kind of culturally retrained a little bit. I'm already feeling it. I oh, I agree. I'm already like walking around and walking, literally walking around people when I have to be out in, in the public as I am almost automatically now steering myself around people. Mm -hmm. Even, even my business partner, Justin, you know, we, we, we kind of dance around each other and keep our distance, even though, you know, obviously we trust each other to, to be as safe as we can neither of us knows and for how long will we not know yeah. i yeah. mean eventually i think everybody's gonna everybody's gonna get this thing in one way or another we're all gonna be exposed to this at some point and many of us will get sick and many of us will be sort of naturally immune and we're gonna figure that all out when it happens but we're not there yet i mean i think the biggest problem is just everybody not getting sick at once that's the issue yeah that's right. Well, that's what we're trying to do right now. This is exactly correct. Is trying really hard to just spread. It I haven't out. gone anywhere since March 9th. <laughs> yeah, and it, I'm I'm just wondering if you know if it's if we've succeeded, like if we have flattened the curve enough. I mean, I don't know. And we'll be back in just a moment. And welcome back. Should we go back to Purple Flame a little bit? Um, oh, yeah, sure. I, I want... that, that is part of the reason why we're here. I'm actually going to take a moment and let Elizabeth. Uh... Okay. Yeah, I had to. I'm, I've been, um, I've got my sourdough bread Ooh. dough happening. So I have to give it folds every half hour. And now it's had its um, pre-shaping and it's having a bench rest, which gives me about 20 minutes before Final shaping and into banneton and into the fridge overnight. So. Great. I tried my hand at making homemade potato chips earlier. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, I burnt like 33% of them. You got it. Do you have a thermometer? A thermometer is really useful. So yeah. you can have it. Maybe I'll try again. Yeah, thermometer is a good thing. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of thermometers and heat, um, that that's not a terrible segue. That's a great segue. Yeah, no, they're Purple solid. flame. <laughs> so um, this fundraising effort has a deadline of April 3rd, right? Mm -hmm. um, currently, yeah. So this, I'm hoping to have this out very soon, hopefully by tomorrow night or the next day. And um, so this is kind of a final thrust and a final appeal 
perhaps. And after April 3rd, do you want to, are you going to start another if need be? It's going to be a thing that just we, we keep making happen as much as we need. I think, I think the, the whole idea in my head is it's just, it's mostly just about like immediate action. So it, I like so that. on April 3rd, we might have a new immediate action. Yeah. You know, cool. with how fast this I get it. with how fast this goes, everything changes every single day. So come April third, we might find out that everybody doesn't necessarily need money that day. And we're like, all right, well, we can extend this another week and, and try some more. Or we could find out that one of the people on there, like, yo, I need I need some rent money. So then we can just like, all right, well, let's stop, make sure this person can get a little bit. And um Maybe we need to try again. Like I think it's just that um, this this whole entire pandemic situation is so new for everyone that we just kind of have to take it indeed in short steps at a time, and then constantly reevaluate what we need to do. I like it. I think that's a, a very intelligent way to look at it because flexible and just responding as needed. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not a major company. We're just some people trying to help each other out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Well, I was I was speaking with a with a, another fellow business owner who's seeing a similar effect. It's it, it, it I mean, it's affecting everybody. And but we were talking about like making decisions on for our businesses and literally talking with him one hour and then talking with him an hour later everything had changed mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah no i i work i i work in the in the nonprofit human service industry on top of attack bear press and um we've been dealing with you know the state i work for an organization that provides advocacy services um and other services for people with disabilities right now and over the course of one afternoon um i think our directive and and guidance changed six times within an hour. I mean, it was wow. It, huh. It's that is yeah. It's staggering. It's it's just changing so quickly, and it, part of it is as information's coming in, and it's like it's there. There's this weird bubble where it's like, here's what we think we know. And then something else pops up and it's like, well, nope, that, that doesn't count anymore. We can't do that anymore. Or we have to alter, you know, alter and go this direction now. And it's just, I mean, it's impossible to keep up with. I mean. It's, it's yeah. wild. It's absolutely wild. Can you believe how recently we were talking about having you physically over to our house for dinner? <laughs> yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Th that wasn't that long ago. No, it was not. It was last week, I think. And it, yep. it yeah. just makes your head spin. And, and then the Cirque, which had way too many people in Lab as per current guidelines. Well, let's see. That would be three weeks ago. Would that be three weeks ago tomorrow? It was yep. March 7th. Yeah. Three weeks ago, we, we actually had, you know, a public gathering, which just seems... Well, first of all, inconceivable because if, if we had the information we had, oh maybe, maybe even two days later, it floors me. Yeah. We would have had to have just called it, just no. Yeah. And then the next night we went out to eat at a restaurant. Can you imagine <laughs> the folly, the utter folly of going out and having dinner in a restaurant? Oh, yeah. 
But you know, I hear there's this thing called takeout. Okay, we, I'm not going to get political. I'm not going to get political. But let's let that joke just live as it is. So those those who get it will get it, and those who don't get it, that's fine. Do you think it might be time to segue, Jason? Did you did you want to read some poems from your chat book? I want some promotions though. Like, um, Jason, the, your book is um. Indians beards um, grow more quickly. Uh, Indians grow beards more quickly. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's that is the last chapbook that went out. Um, Indians uh, grow beards quickly. Uh, it's a collection of kind of the the poems that I produced through from I would say November uh, November 2019 to about January. 2020 there may be one or two that snuck in there and then all of the artwork that's in that book because it's it's images and and poems was stuff that was produced um at the ready wipe gallery during the the inaugural uh balstein uh balstein building residency so um very cool yeah so that kind of that chat book really kind of came out of that um, that kind of experience in Holyoke. And then I have another chat book coming out in two weeks. Wow. Um, awesome. Yeah. The, there is, um, it's called a simple question, a simple answer. Uh, it's illustrations by Catherine Weiss and, uh, oh, yeah. it's a series of, I didn't know she drew. Yeah, she does. Um, Catherine, Catherine, Very cool. yeah, she does a lot of, um, illustrator work. Uh, a quick plug for Catherine. She actually did the art for um, a poetry uh, poetry playing cards, which I wish I could remember the the uh, publisher that's putting them out, but they are delightful. So Catherine is doing art for that chat book, um, which will come out in two weeks. And nice. It's a series of um, no nets, which are short poems that um they go from nine syllables down to one syllable um and so i they're based on kind of a a refresh uh, an overcoming cycle and a creation cycle so uh, it, I'll, mm. I'll read a couple of those and send them to you guys that'd be lovely and josh how can people remotely take advantage of our Help out Black Labyrinth Studios. Oh. What, are, what are some remote things? Oh, so currently, um, we have uh, just our, our website's up and running, um, theblacklabyrinth.com. Uh, and we have like gift certificates for sale. There's art for sale. There's T-shirts for sale. Um, you know, that'll all directly benefit the studio itself. And then in addition, you know, you can check out through there, all of the artists that work at the Black Labyrinth, um, and links to their own personal uh, websites or social media, and you can see any art that they might be selling during all of this as well. Mm-hmm. Good point. Very nice. And Jason, uh, of course, attackbearpress.com. Yes, uh, and attackbearpress.com. Is there also no no project still? Other is that non? Is that still happening? Yes, there is actually. Um, I'm excited to hear it. Nice. So there is. Um, there's actually a couple no no projects coming out. There is a cool. um, a no no project album in the works that will feature an individual poet. Um, but we're also doing a quarantine album. Um, so it said this is going out tomorrow. Nice. 
Um, Perfect. Yeah, any poets out there who would like to take part in the quarantine album, you send me a voice memo um, of your self-reading a poem, and it will be no-noed and put out on the quarantine album. And that's due tomorrow. Uh, that's due. We, we're setting tentatively for tomorrow, but uh, you know, I'm going to really say till about Tuesday. If <laughs> Tuesday, would, I'm going to try yeah, to jump so. on that. Oh, please do, please do. Yes. I'm going to try to for for the for the podcast listeners right now. Um, tomorrow would be March 28th. So by the time you're hearing this, technically that deadline will have passed, but. Um, the uh, I'm curious though. Any and is there any contact information? Let's start with Jason first. Uh, specific contact information that you're willing to to put out oh, yeah. on the podcast, so for listeners to reach out if they want to. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'll say this uh, because this because we're going to put this out on the podcast. Um, if you'd like to take part in the quarantine album, poets, um, send your voice message, uh, voice memo message uh, to Jason M at attackbearpress.com um, by April 1st. Let's say April 1st. And yeah, so that would be a great way, best way to get in contact with us. Cool. Meet for tea special. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's the, the special extended uh, deadline for meet for tea. Yes. And I'd like a. To just add, and Josh, um, Josh also. Well, I was going to say Josh also is already um, given information. But what is the exact website? Blacklabyrinth.com. You said yes. Uh, the Blacklabyrinth.com with a the. Uh, yes. Okay, the Blacklabyrinth.com. Just so listeners are not going, huh? Or well, I mean, there's the Google machine. Yeah, it, it tends to work. I just wanted to also add that um, Jason did a very beautiful front cover for. The Epizote, is that right, Jason? Yeah, uh, Epizote. Epizote issue of Meat for Tea, which was released on that fateful day on March 7th, and we had way too many people in a space. <laughs> yeah. um, and thank you. But it looks fabulous. Company. Oh, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for yeah, doing it. It looks fantastic. I've gotten so many compliments as I, as I slog through shipping out contributors' copies, which is a solo endeavor right now. Uh, and my my mom thinks I'm super cool now, um, you know. Because oh, nice. it, it be, yeah, she thinks I'm super cool. And although she did ask me, um, you know, my mom is a wonderful brown lady um, from El Centro, California, and she's like, "Do you even know what episode they is?" I'm like, "What? Are you kidding me, mom? Come on!" Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Also, where can people follow you guys on social media if they so desire? Um, sure. Uh, so our studio is on Instagram. We have Black Labyrinth Tattoo, or at Black Labyrinth Tattoo. And my own personal Instagram is at Sahoza, and that's S-U-C-H-O-Z-A. Um, you can also find the Black Labyrinth on Facebook as well. Which I follow both Instagram and Facebook. And, yeah, it's... You're you're actually <laughs> Black Labyrinth is one of my my favorite Instagram accounts. Um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you can uh, thank Rachel. Yeah, it that. really is. Uh, yeah, Attack Bear Press is um, at Attack Bear Press on Instagram, um, and I believe we're also at Attack Bear Press on Facebook. 
And then there is a Facebook, um, uh, Nono Project specific yes. Facebook nice. page because um, we partner with Union Street Records for that. Um, and so it's at Nono Project um, for Facebook. And then I highly suggest if you're interested in Nono stuff, following Union Street Records on both Instagram and, and Facebook and, and find them on the Bandcamp. Love the Bandcamp. Love it. Yeah, love the Bandcamp. And uh, yes, because he's they're they're cranking out stuff left and right still. I mean, That's I impressive. think they just put out a new um, Jimmy shit album, and it, yeah, they they their catalog kind of always it's always amazing. kind of baffles my mind how they get so much done. But so, um, what's your favorite song for washing your hands to right now? <sighs> oh man, That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, I we, we all have one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, let me know. So, this, all right. So I've been washing my hands a lot for a very long time, just you know, tattooing and everything. And, of course. And like You're also, also teaching. I teach bloodborne pathogens and infection control as well. I teach OSHA courses. Um, nice. So I don't really need to sing the songs to to make sure I get it done. But I have constantly been singing the theme song for Dinosaur Train. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good perfect. one. I I remember that one very well. When the when the children are of a certain age, Dinosaur Train is the thing. Yeah, Finnegan and Killian love that right now. Yeah, I love Dinosaur Train too. It's actually really cute. Yeah, well, they're you know they're four and five years old, so it's kind of right up their it's alley. From Jim Henson, really? I know. Yeah. Oh, and also the master. Just to throw this out there, has nothing to do with any of this, but right before. Um, we got on here, me and Rachel were watching an episode of Mr. Rogers where he was painting with Eric Carl. It was incredible. What? <gasps> Gonna have to look it up. That's that's just such a portent mm. of your future. <laughs> right, Jason, what's your what's your hand washing tune? Um, I've actually that that rascal song by RMR um, oh, has been my has it's been my go to. Um, hmm. nice. and I've been listening to it about a million times anyway. So, um, yeah. Brilliant. That song. Yeah. I'll have, I'll have to check it. I don't know sure if I'm familiar with it. I, I actually had one pop into my head today for no good reason at all, but I managed to get through one chorus of it in, you know, just playing it back in my head. I wasn't singing it out loud, but, uh, Grimes did this single last year called we appreciate power, which was like my favorite song for like a month. And it just, for some reason, we appreciate power. The tempo of it, when I was rubbing my hands, was like kind of perfect. <laughs> so, for what it's worth, that was the song today. But that'll change, you know. I keep coming back to Ramones. I want to be sedated. Oh, that's just makes a good me one. feel better somehow. Oh yeah, that's just a good you know, bam, 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 and you know, just the first chorus and it, it gets you through the rough, the right time, and the pace is good and. I don't know. The sentiment works right now. (laughs) (laughs) And the Ramones just make everything better. They they have that way about them. All right, Josh and Jason, thank you so much for being part of the Meat for Tea cast and having a lovely conversation with us. Thanks so much. Thanks, Johnny, Joey, and Dee Dee as well. Thank you so much. I would uh, love to come back under different circumstances and we can talk more music and tattoos and whatnot. More fun, less corona. Yes. Tattoos, music, and art. Yeah. Tattoos, music, and art. Yes, please. We're down. We're down. We'd love to do that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you.
And here's Jason Montgomery. So I am Jason Montgomery. Uh, these are from my upcoming chapbook, um, A Simple Question, A Simple Answer, with illustrations by Catherine Weiss. Uh, these poems are part of two cycles of poems, cycles of um, no-nets with reverse no-nets on the end. Uh, no-nets are uh, brief poems. Uh, they're nine syllables going down to one syllable, and then halfway through the poem, they reverse and go from one syllable back to nine syllables. Uh, there's I'm going to read one from each side of the cycle. There's a creation cycle and a, um, a destruction cycle. And so the poems are connected in that way, but also um, they kind of represent two different opposing forces. So the first one is called Fire Creates Earth. The hills off the freeway are still black, interspersed with older new growth and the cast-offs of thousands. Was it faulty fuel lines? or mishandled vice, but I too have done thousands of damned deeds. Hot, clean dust, bleach with starch, burnt fields, cow shit, and forgotten days. You sleep safe in these smells among awkwardly long limbs is a blanket from my lived youth and a half memory we now share. And so the next poem is uh, Earth Dams Water. Our home is crisscrossed with handmade streams, grid patterns of flowing water, carrying the life and dreams of all those here before me and all those after. Life in crumbling straight pathways stretching on. Five long years lingering in the nowhere of trash full pools, gray with the wastewater I created through failed best intent, coupled with choices made in the light of harbored resentments held to my chest. So I'd also like to read a couple poems from my other chapbook, Indians Beards Grow Quickly. Uh, this chapbook was created kind of with the art that came out of the Baustein residency, which was the inaugural residency for the Ready Wipe Gallery in Holyoke. Um, so there's a lot of the synthesized art that I create out of my paintings. Um, and then I collected poems that were created around that time and kind of through the last year um, to, to build out this chapbook. A uh, big thank you again to Catherine uh, from Indopolis Poetry room who put this one together um you know she really is such an amazing uh resource and kind of lover of poetry um i'm going to read a poem that i haven't actually i don't think i've ever read this poem um so this is a meet for tea cast uh kind of debut of a poem called uh black ice isn't black Black ice isn't black. It doesn't have a color. It is ice after all. Ice is clear, or at least it's supposed to be. Not like ice cubes are clear. The ones you make at home 
like from the sink. Those are fuzzy or blurry. That might be a word for it or the word for it. It gets called black because at some point you can't see it's just covering the asphalt. It's just the skin of the asphalt that shows clear. And what is underneath it is the black part. The black part. The color of the thing isn't the problem. It's just that you can't see it. You can't connect with it. So the last poem I'd like to read um, is called Hunting. Uh, this one is also out of Indians Beards Grow Quickly. It is um, dedicated to my grandparents um, on both sides, both the Alacons and the Montgomery's. Hunting. The first time I returned to you with the meat of a rattlesnake, you beat me. You sent me out into the desert with rifle, shovel, and hoe, across creek, dust, and sun, told to avoid the mountain, to stray not too far, or exist as an alien, illegal, in a place exactly like the one I left. You sent me out with message and motive, across the highway of black asphalt and yellow paint, and the sun, and the sun, and the sun, told to first look with my ears, to hear next with my eyes and to fight as the situation deemed necessary. And the serpent lay in the sun and in the sun and in the sun, an instinct of care abandoned. If brush and weed provided cover and cracked earth and stone and exit, the ability to walk endlessly avoiding the mountain at the end of the world, but rather to both pass and at my ignorance and inability to let be be. You will never get this, but I will still imagine you wandering the streets with pastels, watercolors, streams, dreams, and hope for returning to a better land. Thank you. So thank you, uh, Meet for Tea cast, for letting me read some poems. Um, support the Purple Flame. The Meat for Tea cast is produced by Elizabeth McDuffie and Meat for Tea, The Valley Review. Mixed by Mark Allen Miller at Stone Lab, East Hampton, Massachusetts. Visit Meat for Tea at www.meatfortea.com. Please consider going to anchor.fm to make a contribution through our contribution page. You can reach us through meatforteacast at gmail.com or you can leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash meat for teacast. We welcome suggestions for contents for the meat for teacast. If you've attended a meat for tea cirque and want to hear from one of the bands or one of the spoken word contributors, please let us know. All portions are copyright meat for tea and their respective holders. Vote for meat for tea on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at Elizabeth. Meet for Tea on Instagram and on the Meet for Tea and Meet for Tea cast Facebook pages. Meet for Tea is available everywhere you get your favorite podcasts.